Social Media Serenity Podcast Episode Number 92. Entertaining, educational, and encouraging content that makes a difference. This is GSPN.TV. Join the community. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of Social Media Serenity. My name is Cliff Ravenscraft. And my name's Eric Fisher. We're here each and every week, my friends, to talk about the latest of the world, what's going on in the world of Twitter, Facebook, LinkedIn, and all kinds of other social network goodness, and how we can all incorporate it into our lives and still maintain some sense of uh, serenity. Even though Amen. we walk, talk, stumble over our words. That. We talk a big game. We talk a big game here every week. <laughs> Eric, it, you know, of course, it, now our audience, they got a great episode from us last week. But we recorded yeah. it two weeks ago. So for you and I, it's, it's been two weeks since we've talked. It's, for me, it's been at least that long since I even looked to see what's going on in the world of Twitter. Although I have kind of just glanced over the Mashable you know, the, the Mashable stories and stuff like that. And so I, I saw, you know, the official Twitter slash tweet deck thing we'll talk about. And I saw something about uh, official picture services and, and uh, so things like that. But I know that you've been keeping up on top of these things. So let's start with our first uh, big lead story of the, of the day for us. And that is uh, Twitter buying tweet deck. So it officially happened. It officially happened. They they kept their word mum up until it was time, and then they they officially did it. And you know they 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 say this acquisition is an important step for us. I'm actually reading straight from the Twitter blog itself. They said TweetDeck provides brands, publishers, marketers, and others with a powerful platform to track all the real time conversations they care about. Uh, in order to support this important constituency, we will continue to invest in the tweet deck that users know and love. Nice. So, can only hope that they don't uh, muck it up. Yeah, we hope so. Well, and, and of course, I mean, we <laughs> and and we've talked about this in the past, and and right now, it'd just be all speculation. But we'll see what happens with it. Um, you know, I I wasn't, I wasn't pleased when tweet, when Twitter bought Tweety, but hopefully it won't go in that direction. Right. All right. So, uh, so it's a done deal. Now I have not updated, um, tweet deck or anything like that. I mean, have you updated it or or have they pushed out an update where it's still called tweet deck? It's still called tweet deck. It's not called, you know. Twitter for deck or Twitter <laughs> deck for your computer, you know, desktop computer or anything like that. But I, I think they're going to, I think in this case, they're dealing with a probably a, a broader and larger fan base for this app than Tweety did. Yeah. And I think they'd be wise to keep it named Tweet Deck just so that they don't start ticking off that audience. Absolutely. I'll tell you what, just to give you for the sake of morale, just to give you an idea of um, the fan base and just how people feel about TweetDeck. I've got a wow, it's three and a half minutes, but it's it's from a guy named Max 
And he's he called in some feedback or sent in some audio feedback for our podcast related to TweetDeck and something we talked about cool. previously. Let's go ahead and play that just to give people a feeling for how people feel about TweetDeck. Listen Hi, to this. This is Max, and I have some feedback for episode 90 of the Social Media Serenity podcast. In that episode, Cliff was talking about his desire to kind of uh, segregate the folks that he is following on Twitter. Cliff, you were talking about going back and looking at your Twitter followers and kind of categorizing them, putting them into different lists as a way to categorize them. Well, I had kind of a similar issue uh, some time ago, and I've been using TweetDeck to kind of accomplish something fairly similar. Uh, When I started Twitter, um, you know, I had, I started using TweetDeck and I had a column for all friends and a column, a column for direct messages and another one for mentions. And that was a good way to keep up with things. But after a period of time, I was just following too many people. It was just uh, too much to keep up with. It was kind of difficult. So what I did was I created another column in TweetDeck. And this was just for kind of the people I especially wanted to follow, the people that I didn't want to get lost in the uh, you know large number of tweets. And so I called this uh, column Core Tweeple, which um, I thought was fairly clever at the time. And like I say, it's about the, you know, 20 or so people that I really are interested in following. I don't want to lose what they have to say. And uh, that that's what I did. I used TweetDeck as a way to uh, provide that kind of segregation and visibility. Um, I do use lists now um, in some respects in addition to that, um, but also through TweetDeck. One of our podcast listeners suggested that we create a Twitter list for the uh, Airplane Geeks uh, hosts. Airplane Geeks is the podcast. And uh, so I I did that. Um, We have uh, myself, uh, three co-hosts, two contributors from Australia and one contributor from the UK. So it's kind of a nice little little group. So I created a a Twitter list. Uh, Just as an example, you can see that at twitter.com slash airplane geeks slash hosts. And then the other list we created was one for all of our guests. Each week we have an industry guest, a a blogger, a pilot, they're all aviation related, um, aviation journalists, uh, industry consultants, things like that. And so I created a Twitter list for for those guests and that's called twitter.com slash airplane geeks slash guests and that's just another way that our listeners can kind of follow along with sort of the the, the movers and shakers in the segment of uh, of interest that uh, we cover in our podcast and i went on to create some other kind of columns for special purposes sometimes uh, if there's a major industry event going on and you want to follow follow along that i'll create a column for that so uh, long and short of it is, uh, I, the way I use Twitter, I really need a way to kind of segregate things out, organize it in, in a way that allows me to, to follow different segments of the, the folks that I follow. And I, I use TweetDeck to do that by creating different columns that works uh, works very well for me and maybe for you or some of your listeners. So thanks for everything you guys do. Uh, great show. And Cliff, uh, listen to a number of your other podcasts and enjoy those thoroughly. So keep up the good work. All right, Max, thank you so much. A lot of valuable information there. And, and uh, certainly the idea of using lists uh, for your brand of, of you know, important lists that you think your audience or your community or whatever uh, your customer base might be interested in following. Uh, I love the idea of a podcast having a, a Twitter list and, and you know, 
basically saying, hey, we do a ton of interviews here and we're going to create a list of everybody that's on Twitter that we interview. That That's pretty cool. I like that idea. Um, I personally am a fan of TweetDeck. I don't use TweetDeck nearly as much as I had in the past. Um, and I'm currently only using it to really do a lot of tracking for Hunger Games. That's That's my main use for it. But uh, I'm just very thankful that um, they added lists because now I don't have to have access to TweetDeck to be able to access my lists. That, that's my that's my favorite thing about the list feature with with Twitter is that I literally could be at somebody else's house without my uh, my even my own iOS device. I could say, "Hey, I need to hop onto Twitter here," and I can click on a list and just see a timeline of those people. Oh yeah, definitely. I, I'm a I'm a pretty heavy user of TweetDeck, at least at work. Um, I've got a ton of lists set up, as well as a bunch of searches, and and I also, um, you know how you can have multiple accounts and different things like that in TweetDeck. I stripped all of my personal accounts out and left just the one work account in there, so that there's never never any possibility of me accidentally personally tweeting something that's not for my personal account. You know what I mean? So I have TweetDeck dedicated as strictly a professional, you know, day job, work job, Twitter account management system at this point. Right. So. Well, well Max, thank you again for calling in. And obviously, like I said, you know, the, with those columns and the way that you can customize things, there, there's a lot of things that TweetDeck allows you to do. It's my hope that, that you know, Twitter doesn't, you know, mess it up too bad. <laughs> <laughs> if, if they, hopefully they won't mess it, mess it up at all, but I'm not holding my breath out for that one. So, um, and, and of course, uh, Walter in our chat room says hunger games, what, what, what hunger games? So what's that? So uh, we created a brand new podcast here at gspn.tv called the hunger games fan podcast. I encourage everybody listening to this, go check out hunger games, podcast.com hunger games, podcast.com. Uh, we went from brand new podcast to being in the top 20 of literature podcast in under two weeks, beating Oprah's uh, book club. And it is the next big thing. And when I mean the next big thing, I mean, it's the next big Harry Potter slash Twilight slash that kind of book turned into a movie phenomenon. Yeah, everybody's reading it and they're making movies. So I think that qualifies. Yeah. And it is it is. It is an awesome story. Are you have have I talked you into reading it yet, Eric? You have talked me into reading it. I have it on my iPad. I just haven't gotten to it just yet, but this weekend is is planned. Awesome. I can't wait to hear your thoughts. <laughs> so, okay, so Twitter buys TweetDeck. Twitter now lets you see other people's timelines. Now, this is the first time I've heard about this. Tell me about it. Yes, this is an interesting story. This came out about six days ago, and it says that this coming Thursday, so that should be today, but it's not live yet as far as I can tell. It says they're, they're rolling out a new option for, for the following page. It's when you, when you view tweets from an account that a user follows. Actually, I think it might be live. I think I tried this the other day and thought, oh, that's different. Um, so I'm going to go to somebody that I don't follow. Oh, it is live. All right. All right. So how do you do this? Here's, here's how it works. If you, if you go to the website, if you go to twitter.com and you go to somebody's page that you're following, or even if you're not following, I bet. Okay. Um, I'm click gonna, on. I'm going to twitter.com slash Eric with a K, the letter J, F-I-S-H-E-R. So I'm going there now. And then if you go 
Let me go. Let me click home. Is there a if thing you, where I click following? Yes. Oh, view as a timeline. You can now view their timeline as that person would see it based on who they're following. Dude, that's awesome. Is so that, it's kind of a, a live version of what they would see, and you can kind of see why they're following the people they're following or what type of content they're posting, that kind of thing. You know what? This is almost a way to get around the fact that Twitter has no multi-user sign-in because I have, uh, you know, I have uh, twitter.com slash Hunger Games pod, which is connecting with all things related to Hunger Games. Mm-hmm. And so I could actually go, I could sign in as myself and I could literally uh, click on, you know, go to twitter.com slash Hunger Games pod, click on following show as a lit or show as a timeline and look at the timeline as if I was signed in as that account. I had not thought of that use, and that's a great way to use it. The only thing is, though, and you have to remember this, is you have to remember who you're signed in as by looking at the top right-hand corner to see who you're signed in as, and know that if you actually hit reply, you're not going to be replying as Hunger Games Pod. You're going to be replying as, you know, at GSPN or whatever your normal ID is. Right. So, yeah. Um, and, and I noticed there's... Um, uh, over on the right hand corner at the top right hand corner I've not seen this before it says jump to someone you follow is that is that just on this page it Let's is so, oh yeah the the randomized kind of it looks like the shuffle button on the iPad or yeah. the uh, in, in iTunes dude this is weird this is like a stumble upon fo- is this in our show notes <laughs> I had not seen this even at, you know announced as a as thing. a feature. Oh my goodness, yeah. this is so cool. You heard it here first. Check this out. So so here's what you have to do. You have to go to somebody somebody else's profile. You have to click uh hover over following and then click on where it says show as a timeline. When you do that, you'll see a little shuffle icon kind of halfway cut off diagonally on the top right-hand corner. And if you hover over that, it says jump to somebody you follow. And I am just, I'm clicking this over and over again, and it's randomly pulling me up other people's timelines. And, yep. and it's, that must be part of this feature. Yeah, this is really awesome. I like this. John? That's pretty cool. Yeah, so it's going to randomly pull up other people's timelines from the people that you're following. And and I love that, you know, obviously it shows what that person would see if they're looking at their timeline. And and it says, you know, obviously you can see that you can follow people. Now, I'm trying to see if I can find people that I'm... Uh, I'll tell you what I'm going to do is I'm going to go to somebody who I know that I would be following a lot of the same people they would be following. And so I'm going to do... Uh, I'll do um, Sparrow April, and I'm going to go to her timeline... And I'm going to do, she's following, view as a timeline. And I'm seeing if there's anybody in there that I can see that, okay, so yeah, so the the follow button is not there for the people that you are already following. So basically, gotcha. it, it, yeah. gives you, it gives you, a, I don't know if it's green on everybody, but it gives you a follow link uh, where you can click to follow somebody um, if yeah, you're not right. already following them. You, if you've got their avatar, their username, their real name, and then a green follow link to follow that person if you're not already following them. Which, by the way, I, like love, I love that they yeah. label all of those things, that they have both the username and the real person's name. And uh, personal pet peeve, I'm just going to share one. Personal pet peeve, if you're a personal person, 
I like to I like to see a name, even if you don't share your last name. I love to see somebody's at least their first name. There's nothing worse than to have somebody who does this great at reply about something that I've done or some saying something to me. And then all of a sudden, it, let's just say it's media 335 is their Twitter ID. And then I go to look at their name so that I can say, hey, thanks, Eric. But it's I don't know their name. So and then I click and it's their username is media 335 and their their actual name is media 335. I'm like, okay, well, I'll tell you what, thank you, so-and-so, whoever you are. I, I Just personal thing. I, Of course, now, I, I see that there's KMBC, which is a TV station. And, of course, I get why their KMBC is their Twitter ID and their name. That's totally cool. But, um, you know, I'm trying to here, – here's here's one for you. Uh, I'm looking at the DigiChick. All right. This is something somebody that Sparrow April file follows. So I see that she's got uh, the Digi Chick. All right, but her her name is also the Digi Chick. So I don't know that that person's first name. And and my own preference and my own standards are that if I don't know you by first name, unless there's unless there's something more, unless I've met you face to face, unless there's been a lot of interaction back and forth. Uh, the, the chances of me actually following you, if you are, if your username and your name on Twitter are the same and they don't actually indicate what your name is, the, the chances of me following are greatly reduced. Do you have that same standard or no? Uh, and it looks like, uh, Eric dropped his connection. So hold on, let me get him back. And we're back. A little technical difficulty there, uh, but uh, we are back. So the last question I asked Eric was uh, whether or not, you know, do you have, you know, does somebody not giving their name instead of, you know, putting their name in, they just use this, like, Ducky is lost. You know, if, if it was Ducky is lost and you didn't know that Ducky is lost, that the person's first name is Lynn, which, by the way, again, I'm still looking at, at uh, somebody else's timeline and I see Ducky is lost. Now, if somebody named Ducky is lost on Twitter replies me. I'm, I'm not going to reply back and say, hey, thanks, Ducky is lost. I'd like to say, oh, thanks, Lynn. I really appreciate that. Um, so, I, I, I mean, I might respond to them, but whether or not I will follow Ducky is lost if I don't know Ducky is lost. But now that I know Ducky is lost is Lynn, Lynn makes it feel like it's more of a person and and somebody that I can get to know on at least on a, on a first name basis or at least a, 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 a guest first name basis anyway. So what are your thoughts, Eric? Well, it, it is called social media for a reason. So you want to make it as social as possible. So, and, and, and to be honest, this is one of the things that kind of bugs me about the internet is how impersonal or uh, snarky it can be because people will say things. Um, now, don't get me wrong. People will say mean things to other people's faces, but on the internet, because it's not face-to-face, they feel they're even more so justified or don't even think about it. I say go the other way when it comes to connecting and networking. Make yourself open and available. Let them see your full name, even if your handle is unique or Ducky is lost or whatever. Put your your real name in where your real name should be. You know? Yeah, I'm looking at another one, uh, Scrap Chick. Her name's Carrie. See? But the Digi Chick? The Digi Chick is the, the Digi Chick. So I would be more apt to follow Ducky is Lost or Lynn or Scrap Chick 
also known as Carrie. But DigiChick, uh, she's going to have to go through a bunch more hoops. There's going to have to be a little bit more that happens for me to actually be interested in following. Now, Walter asked a great question. What if Lynn doesn't want you to know her name? Well, then, yeah, then you probably would be DigiChick, you know, and, and stuff like that. And so, uh, and of course, uh, it looks like DigiChick is the Twitter for an online shop called thedigichick.com, which that makes sense. And of course, I, I probably would have found that out if I actually, and, and the first thing that I usually do is I actually will click through and see a profile and it says uh, digital scrapbook shop and community for those who, ha- who love all things Digi. And so, and then there's a link to the website. So that right there is a perfect example. I, 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 if, if I was interested in that brand, I would follow that brand. But if this was an individual, if this was a, a girl who goes by DigiChick, but I don't know her name, the chances are much less that I would follow. Um, I certainly understand that there are people who want to remain anonymous um, and, and stuff like that. Uh, and, and, you know, one of my such friends would, would be, you know, well, I have some friends that do. And, and I guess, you know, some people are not even comfortable using their first name. And and that's one of the things that I noticed, especially with women there. And, 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 you know, not that it's a sexist thing or anything like that. At least I don't think it is, but, um, you know, women are a lot more concerned about their privacy. And, and I even am concerned about my wife's privacy and, and stuff like that. Although check this out, <laughs> who doesn't know she's Stephanie Ravenscraft, right? But, <laughs> but on Twitter, you look at her profile, it's full-time mom. And the name is Stephanie. You know, it doesn't say Stephanie Ravenscraft. It just says Stephanie. And I see that a lot, uh, with women. And, and so, like I said, scrap chick is Carrie. Uh, and then you get scoopy 77 is it doesn't say Amanda's last name, although I know Amanda's last name, but it's Amanda from Michigan. And so mm-hmm. I, I think there are some things that you can do, but what happens in the case, Eric, what would, what would you recommend to somebody who wants to kind of have this, you know, connection with people and wants people to get, to get to know who they were, uh, but they really don't want to share their first or last name just in case, you know, it gets back to a work-related issue or an abusive relationship kind of issue that, that they're trying to stay somewhat offline and off the grid. Hmm. So you're saying they want to they want to maintain their anonymity, but they also want to connect online with others. Is that what you're saying? Yes. But they want to they want to they want to connect online, but not necessarily revealing their true identity. What what do you think about cert like um, pen names or what do you call those pseudonyms? Pseudonyms. Yeah. Pseudonyms. Yeah. I, I don't necessarily have a problem with that. I think down the road. Um. I mean, there, there's definitely a barrier there as far as being able to maybe connect on a deeper level. Like, I'm not, I personally, if I get a lot of replies and or even offer to interact with a person who's using an anonymous, you know, handle or is, is using a pseudonym or whatever, uh, down the road, I, I'm, I'm going to keep things very surface level. I'm not going to go much further into any kind of personal life because I don't know who they are. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like I, I, you and I both have, I mean, obviously that's one of the, the GSPN things, especially cause we're, we're having a live in person face to face, whatever meetup soon in like two weeks or whatever, isn't it? Yeah. And, uh, <laughs> uh um, I think almost all those people that will be there, I will have interacted with online 
pretty, pretty often. Um, so much so that I wouldn't have any problems going to uh, an in-person meeting. But I would feel a little. I, I would I would DM somebody. You know, if I, if I struck up a friendship with somebody who was using an uh, an anonymous handle on the internet, and you know, they were like, "Hey, so we should hang out or something." I'm like, uh, "Well, okay, DM." Uh, so what's your real name anyway, you know, cause I, I have no idea if, if it's somebody who's going to assault me. Yeah. You know, I, I, I just can't, I'm, I'm not that naive about those things possibly happening that, uh, you know, I, I don't know. I'm not, I'm not paranoid about it, but I wouldn't, I, there's a barrier there. There, there's definitely a barrier that I can only go so far. Right. Well, I'll tell you one one person I know that uses a pseudonym is uh, Callie Lewis. C A L I L E W I S. And I follow. Well, I think Callie. that's a little bit different. It is. It, well, I don't know that it is. I mean, I, I mean, obviously, she's not doing it for anonymity. She's doing it because it, how hard is it that's, to say Laria Patricia or whatever? Right. <laughs> so I mean, her first name is Laria. It's more of a celebrity name. Yeah, and and she does it because it's it's easier to pronounce and stuff like that. So I I don't know. I I mean, if you always want to be known as another name online, I I mean, I honestly I think it does do something to damage the authenticity. And and the fact is 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 Callie's never once pretended that that's her real name. Right, and that's you know, more of a I've, brand anyway than anything. Yep, and and I've known from the very first time I ever heard about Callie Lewis, I I from the very first time I, I've ever heard of her, going all the way back, I remember learning that Callie Lewis is not her name. Right, uh, and 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 knowing what her real name is, and then understanding why she goes by Callie Lewis, and I'm like, okay, she's Callie. So anyway. I don't know. It, it just it's talk about side conversation there. So now Twitter lets you see the timelines of other people <laughs> and we can only assume that they won't let you see the time, you know, the people that they're following that are marked private that, right. you know, that's, that's to be, that's to be assumed. Yeah. I, I think it can tell that you aren't approved to see that person that, per, you know, private tweets. Yeah. So, they're not going to pop up. Yeah. If, if, if they was, if they were allowing, like, for example, let's just say I let Eric follow my, my three children, which all have private accounts. Uh, and Eric has been approved to see what they're tweeting. And if you go look at his timeline, if for some reason this feature was turned on and you and Eric or, and you who are not approved to see my children's tweet, if you could see their tweets, this would be a news item. It would, it would have already rolled up to the top. So I, my my assumption is that no, you're not going to be able to follow the protected tweets of that person who they're following. All right, change your Twitter email preferences. Oh, I love this. Yeah, they well, and and to be honest, I hadn't seen it rolled out fully until the past few days. Oh, okay. What, what are there more than than what I'm aware of? Because they've I, they've added a bunch. <laughs> All right, so you go to you go to your Twitter account online, and then under your name, you click the drop down. You then you hit settings, and then this is all under notifications, right? Yes. All right, so tell me what's new. All right, what was originally the two pieces? I believe there was only two. Was one was if I'm sent a direct message, they'll email you. The other was if you were followed by somebody new. But now there are five, so there's three more. 
Uh, one is when I'm sent a reply or mentioned, mm-hmm. I'm my tweets are marked as favorites or my tweets are retweeted. I like that. Now the thing, of course, that's only the official retweet. It's it's not the you know the RT, you know, the manual retweets. Right. But the manual retweets would actually fall under I'm sent a reply or mentioned. Yeah. You know, so. I try to do manual retweets on, you know, regular Twitter and I screw it up all the time because I always oh, forget yeah. to put the person's username in. So and it looks a lot like, more work. So it looks like I'm actually retweeting myself. I'm like, <laughs> that didn't come out right. And it's like, do I do I delete it and redo it? It's like, ugh, forget it. But no, I can't forget it because I want that person to get the credit for saying it, and and I want them to be to get an at reply notification that I just went crazy about what they said. This is awesome. Right. Ah, I hate you, Twitter. <laughs> <laughs> It's I funny how we go retweets. so we we go complete 180 on Twitter back and forth. It's like I love you, I hate you, I love you. Oh I, man, I've just Twitter's never, awesome. Hey, Twitter sucks. I I've never liked their implementation of tweet uh, retweets. Retweet, it, it's, yeah. it's never been good. I I really like RT spa, you know RT space at the person's name colon and then whatever they said. You know yeah. what? And and I may call me crazy, but I think the one exception to the rule for the 140 characters should be to do a manual retweet. Yeah, because the only reason that I find that I use the the official retweet versus the original retweet to get the full thing in is to get the full thing in. If I hit manual and it won't go, I'm like, but I really want to retweet this, so I'll just hit retweet and do official. But I, I don't personally like those either. But I, I've, I've, I've done it too. And I, I hate think it. they should let us do it. I feel like I'm violating some personal principles and stuff. I, I like, do too. I feel dirty. I, I hit, right. I hit the retweet. <laughs> I, I feel, there you go. That's the title of this week's I feel dirty. <laughs> I feel dirty when I retweet you. <laughs> <laughs> I, I feel a little dirty when I officially retweet you. Yes. Ugh. But yeah, so so what do you think here? I mean, you're you're an inbox zero person, and you, I know you just got back to that finally. Uh-huh. Um, how do you feel? Uh, one, two questions. One, have you been receiving a lot more emails from Twitter? And two, if if you have or if you have not, how do you feel about that? Because I know personally, I do not like suddenly getting emails about, hey, so and so mentioned you in this tweet. So and so retweeted this tweet. So and so favorited this tweet. And I'm like, no, I don't want to get an email for every single one of those things. Yeah. You know, there's part of me that says, you know what, this is a big enough like feature. It, in my mind, this is a big enough feature that I don't mind that it's an opt out. Instead of an opt-in, yes, I did. I mean, as soon as it turned on, I got crazy amounts of email. Well, they opted you in without asking. Well, they yeah, didn't just yeah. put it out there and let you go opt-in. Uh, that's right. Yeah, so it was automatically turned on. And and that didn't bother me. I mean, I got 30 emails, and, and then it's like, oh. oh. But we, we would slam Facebook if they automatically opted us in. <laughs> Yeah, I would, <laughs> but I, I, I like Twitter more than I do okay. Facebook. So, so yes, I, I admit double standard totally. Uh, but for the, here's the situation though. I have all these other accounts, you know, well, not all these other accounts. I have several other accounts. I got at Cliff's Kindle. I got at hunger games pod. I have at lost podcast and, and I've got a couple more 
And I love the fact that I don't have to go in and log all of those, log into all of those accounts to turn those on. And now when somebody does mention Hunger Games Pod or, you know, Lost Podcast and sends a direct message, I do love that I get those email notifications. That's true. So I, I, I love that. And it was real simple for me to go in and turn off the email notifications on at GSPN because I have that set up to happen through um, Boxcar. And I also have it set up to happen, you know, send me similar notifications on Boxcar for other accounts as well. Uh, but now I am, I'm still letting those roll into my email inbox because those, those accounts have so few followers and get so few mentions that, that I do like to be notified when they do come in. Gotcha. Yeah. I was at the point where the only notification uh, well, no, I was receiving direct message notifications, emails, as well as new follower emails. But I had set up a list in G or not a list, a uh, filter in Gmail for the new follower ones, just so I could go back through later and maybe glance at them where it shows you the you both follow this person or you're both followed by this other person and, and all that data that doesn't come by just glancing at their profile, so to speak. I think, though, it's maybe incorporated now. But anyway, I had hid those so that they would skip the inbox and I'd never see them, but I still wanted to get them in case I wanted them. Um, so I was fine with that. But then when I started getting, you know, retweeted me and, and mentioned me and it's like, Oh, they turned it on. I'm getting like, I, I seriously got like 10 emails over the course of a day where people were, where that stuff was happening. I was like, I don't want that. Yeah. So, but I could see maybe wanting that with a different account. So. Absolutely. Well, so there you go. Twitter now is has some new email preferences, and if you've been getting a lot, lot of new emails from Twitter, that's why. Yes. All right, so there's uh, Twitter introduces a new follow button. Now, this I've not heard about. What's this? All right, this is how, it, it, like, for example, if you were to place the follow button on your page and have it linked to your profile, people could click that button and they would be following you on Twitter. It wouldn't direct them back to your Twitter profile page first. It uh-huh. would just automatically have them follow you because they're because they are already signed in. Twitter knows this. Yes, this is tied in. It's it's calling that you know cookie and seeing all this other stuff and it's happening. And so right there from the page, they can click the follow button and boom, now they're following you. Yes, it's not. It, so it's a one click follow. Yes, exactly. I like it. Streamline the following. I, I think, you know, for brands especially, you want to put this out on your front page where when they click to, if they're signed in and they, they're at your website and there's a follow a Twitter follow button there and you just mm-hmm. click it instead of having it take them away from your web page to, to where you want, you want them on your web page, but you also want them to follow you on Twitter. Well, you don't want them to click and leave your page to go follow you on Twitter, but not stay on your webpage. You know what I mean? Right. So you get the best of both worlds. So I see here that you can, by the way, you can go to twitter.com slash follow button. Okay. Twitter.com slash follow button is where you go to set this up. And it says here, what's your username? So it looks like, can I set up signed in as myself? Can I set up a, you know, Eric, let's see, J Fisher. So it looks like I can actually, I can actually create. Yeah, we should we should actually stick a Cliff and Eric follow Twitter follow buttons on the social media Serenity site. There we go. The thing is, I don't have a social media Serenity site. Well, the oh yeah, the 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 top at the the stuff at the bot at the top. Right. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, I'll put that on my list of 
That'd to do cool. things. Send me an email, Eric, and, and then I'll, <laughs> I'll get on that. I'll see if my VA can work on it. Uh, so yeah, a new follow button. I like it. Um, I do. I, I think it's great because a lot of people will, they click your Twitter ID and then uh, what do they do from there? It's like, oh, they'll read the profile and then they may or may not choose to follow you. Whereas right. with the one click button, boom, they're following you. It's done. It's, it's, it's kind of like no second guessing it. It's, it's kind of like when I went in and deleted a s- specific group off of my Ning site, it's like I was waiting for it to ask me, are you sure? So that I could actually think about it again. And then all of a sudden it didn't. And it says, oh, gone, deleted. Oh, there's no undo, is there? Crap. Nope. <laughs> <laughs> and so it's well, kind of it's kind of like, oh, I'm now following that person. Now I that, actually that decision is final. That that decision is final. Now I have to actually go to the profile and click unfollow. Forget it. I'll just follow Cliff. Yeah, I like it. I like the new button. All right, we'll have to check that out. All right, so Twitter photos and Twitter search updates. All right. Well, this is actually pretty new. The search and photos, they've updated the search and Twitter has also, and I'm reading, I'm going to go straight to the Twitter blog itself because I always like to read what they say about themselves versus what somebody else says like Mashable. Um, Today we're rolling out a completely new version of Twitter search. This was yesterday. Mm -hmm. Not only will it deliver more relevant tweets when you search for something or click on a trending topic, but it will also show you related photos and videos right there on the results page. Let's see. If you use a new version of Firefox with Twitter, whatever that is, I'm not aware of that. Uh, I don't use Firefox. You can type a hashtag or username directly into the address bar to go right to a search results page. Oh, that's cool. So Twitter search is basically built into the, whatever that's called, the super uber search bar thing that's in Firefox. But anyway, I'm sure there'll be a Chrome widget or add-on. Let's see. Millions of people are sharing photos every day. We're going to make that easier than ever. Over the next several weeks, we'll be releasing a feature to upload a photo and attach it to your tweet right from twitter.com. And of course, you'll soon be able to easily do this from all our official mobile apps. Special thanks to our partner, PhotoBucket, for hosting these photos behind the scenes. So in other words, they're going to be doing their own TwitPic or YFrog. Right. And so, and I have heard about this, that, that they are going to be doing their own photo hosting, you know, sharing site. And there's, of course, you know, you know, this is, this is again where Twitter is taking and creating an official space where a lot of third party sites came up and built their businesses. And of course, this is the whole problem with building your businesses, you know, that rely on somebody else's business mm-hmm. and all that other stuff. But yeah. And, and to be honest, they're doing something very Apple like, whereas they are trying to control the user experience for Twitter from where whatever angle you're looking at it or, or interfacing with it. Um, right. So I can't really fault them for that. They just need to make sure that they don't kill the enthusiasm for their product by changing it way too much. But again, Apple doesn't care about that either, and they always end up gaining more people. So whatever. Anyway. <laughs> Very cool. And by the way, Daniel Lewis has said that uh, the follow button, it's actually it, it still is a two-click follow. So it pulls up like a pop-up image of their profile. Uh, okay. And so I just confirmed that. I must have so, read that wrong. Yeah. But um, anyway, it's, it's still, it's, it's, it's good. I, I still it like. It still keeps you. Yeah. It still keeps you on the website though. The web page. It does keep you on the web page. It does it as a little pop up and it's not obtrusive or anything like that. So I like it. Still like it. 
I don't know if I'll use it or not, but I I might. I probably should. I don't know. We'll find out. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, let's see here. What's the last thing we got? Ashton Kutcher now has his own Twitter client. Yeah, I I don't know why this is necessary. In fact, I actually it's called the A plus app because obviously that's his his it's A plus K is his uh, uh, you Twitter handle yeah. Ashton Kutcher A plus K get it A plus is the app it shows you a bunch of different things uh, to be honest you're gonna have to make your own call on this I downloaded it installed it and signed well, I didn't sign in but I started to try and play around with it and it was just so. I don't know. It looked like it was something that uh, I don't know. It was like a bad stepchild from a, like a windows 3.1 type <laughs> Twitter client. If that existed back then, you know, right. it was just kind of, it was clunky. It was very unintuitive. I just, uh, I was like, I don't think I need this. Do I No, nope. yeah. delete? <laughs> yeah. I I'm looking at the screen capture on the, on the blog post that we've linked to, and it is, it looks ugly, and I'm like, I wouldn't even download it. Yeah, I think the main thing there with it is that it's got a lot of um, content, not content. What's the what's the word? Uh, curation. Cor- uh, curation. Yes, I was looking for that word. It's got a lot a lot of content curated or lists or whatever by him. Uh-huh. So if you're interested in that, that's if that's your thing, yeah. which isn't really mine that's fine, but I don't know that I would use it myself. I, I know I will not use it myself. So this is an interesting thing though, this idea. And of course it looks like he partnered with uh, Uber media who basically Uber media has purchased a ton of third party uh, Twitter clients. And of course they're the reason Twitter, I think had purchased TweetDeck so that Uber media couldn't get their hands on TweetDeck. Right. Uh, but anyway, this is an interesting idea of creating your own Twitter client for your brand and to curate all kinds of things on Twitter. I, I think this may be the beginning of of a trend. I can see that. I mean, I mean, and I just don't think that it's there yet for me to use. <laughs> no, no, no. I wouldn't say the, the one that they have. But I mean, if you can imagine finding a, a, a user interface that works extremely well, but then you know, people could, um, you know, download your Twitter app for the desktop or whatever, or for your iOS device. And, and, and you almost can do this. You can create your own iOS um, app and have your own Twitter stream in there and people can actually log in and, and uh, reply from that. And, you know, of course, it's just showing your timeline, but maybe now you can show your timeline and the timeline of the people you follow and I don't know. It's it's it's, it's intriguing. I, I think this this may be something we see a bit more of. Oh yeah, but and, I agree. I, this doesn't look good. No, not at all. I do know that at one point, and I'm trying to think of. I think it may have been like a Rick Warren uh, Saddleback comp. There was some kind of conference, and what they did was they literally were able to get a skinned version um, of TweetDeck. And it was pre-populated with different lists of all the like speakers and different things like that. You could just go download it and you'd get that. I think that's really cool. I yeah. wish that we had that option. Indeed. Well, I'll tell you, um, that is all we have in the show notes for today. I do have one more question. This comes in from Jason, and it's related to <coughs> your family being upset about your use of social media. So 
Uh, let's see if I can click over to here and play Jason's voicemail. Hi, this is Jason for the Social Media Serenity Podcast. And I was just calling to let you guys know an experience I had actually more than once. And it concerns social media and informing people of basically what is going on in your life. And there's two examples. One was a brother-in-law of mine put up some information about a big deal in his life where he was moving back from his current residence in another state back to his home state. And he put that up on Facebook, and nobody in our family knew about it. Actually, a lot of his friends on Facebook knew about it before they did. They were kind of upset about that. Another one was when an aunt of mine had a really great breakthrough in her uh, status of her health. She put it on Facebook, and a lot of people knew about it before a lot of family members did. So there's family members being upset. And so what's happening is people are using social media as a valid way of releasing information, but then the family feels like there's a personal touch that's missing. And so I just wondered if you guys have had any of those type of experiences and, and what we should be doing as far as making things more personal for people that are closer to us and not using social media as much. But as far as I'm concerned, I'm in a generation where I think it's totally fine. But anyways, guys, thanks. Talk to you later. I have not run into family being upset about me releasing information, but certainly uh, there have been many instances where, uh, you know, people around the world are privy to things, decisions like we're homeschooling our children way before, like my mom would even know. But she's never, I mean, (laughs) it's just, she's like, uh, so I saw on Facebook that you're going to be homeschooling uh, Matthew and McKenna. I'm like, yeah, we are. And so it's like, I mean, <laughs> in, in a way, my family, especially my mom and my sister and and other and my brother, they're they're happy with my use of social media and my broadcasting of that information because, you know, instead of only hearing about it, you know, after the fact or or, you know, months down the road at at the next holiday get together, um, they're, they're hearing what's going on in my life in almost real time. And they're, they're, you know, it, I'm, I'm shocked it's, it's like, I'm sitting there this past weekend. I was, we were in Tennessee with, we went down to our Smoky Mountain getaway down in Tennessee and, um, I, I'm tweeting. Of course, my tweets are syndicated out to Facebook. My mom doesn't tweet, but she's on Facebook. And so uh, she she sees my Twitter posts as I'm so I like I type something and then like two hours later my mom mentions something related to what I tweeted earlier and I'm like she goes oh I saw what you, yeah I saw that picture you shared on on Facebook where you guys went and did the go karts that was that was cool and I'm like where did she how did she see that it's like, oh Facebook she's got it on her phone right so my family loves it uh, Eric you have any experiences there. Yeah, um, I would say that, I mean, to be honest, I think I've said this on the show before. I keep in touch with my mom states away from here uh, more now through Facebook than any other method. Um, so there there are benefits. Obviously, there's benefits because it's social and it's out there and it's everywhere. And so anybody can see anything you post at any time. We've talked about that before. Um, I think that's there's a there's a pro and a con to that. One is you kind of have to remember, okay, anybody and everybody 
in the world can see what I'm about to write. So for, oh, so for example, personal, personal exact um, example, I'll give you this. The other, what was it, two weeks ago? Yeah, two weeks ago when we went to do the ultrasound and we found out that we're having a boy, yep. um, my wife and I talked really quick because I said, well, I'm going to want to post on Facebook and Twitter that it's a boy. So who of our immediate family will want to hear it from you first before they yeah. feel possibly slighted by just reading it on Facebook. Like you don't care enough to tell them in person, quote unquote, on the phone than to do it over the internet. And so she said, well, this person, this person, and this person. And I said, okay. And so, and, and actually it was funny because what, she, what happened was it was, it was going to be her grandmother and her mother. So she called them immediately. And then the only other person we could think of was my mom, but I tried calling her a few times, and then I said, all right, we're going to – I tried calling a couple times to let you know, but I'm going to go ahead and post it so you'll see it there. And so there's a difference in – you just basically like relationships. You have to kind of be aware. This is this broadcasting tool, and you've got to be aware of what people's feelings towards it, what priority type news is going to be. So – yep. It takes work, but at the same time, you know, it's worth it if it's a great relationship. Exactly. Well, Jason, I hope that helps you see how we see things in uh, social media and our family relationships. Folks, thank you for tuning into another episode of Social Media Serenity. You can get an episode free every single week at socialmediaserenity.com. You might want to also check out businesstechweekly.com, podcastanswerman.com. Heck, head over to gspn.tv slash shows and see all the shows that we produce here. If you want to help um, support and uh, the content and community of gspn.tv, please consider becoming a Plus member. Head over to gspn.tv slash plus. And of course, we want to invite you to our GSPN community meetup happening June 17th through 19th, 2011. More details while uh, we're waiting for that event to happen is at gspncommunity.com. Until next time, my friends, we encourage you to join the community. 